Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. Happy Fallback Sunday to all of you. This should be a national holiday, in my opinion, the Fallback Sunday. You should all be well-rested, and nobody should be falling asleep at all during the message today. That's my expectation on you here today, is that everybody is awake and alert and ready to learn from God's Word today. Just a quick reminder, as all of you know, upcoming on Tuesday with our uh, vote uh, here locally, here in, in our state, nationally, those races that are happening um, just all across the country, uh, I don't want to tell you at all how to vote. Uh, that's not my goal and not my intention. In fact, I, I don't want to do that to you. Uh, I don't want to tell you what to do on anything in life, but I do want to give you the encouragement of God's word, and I would encourage you through God's God's word to be looking for and voting for people that hold morality and biblical views. Match up the people you vote for with the word of God. Use the word of God as the guideline on how you decide you're going to cast your votes in this time of our of, of voting and the time for our country. So please be looking for that. We want to be praying for that as well. Well, as, uh, as was mentioned, as Pastor Stephen mentioned during the uh, prayer time, we are starting a new sermon series. The new sermon series is going to be covering the book of Ephesians. We are going to be spending a significant amount of time getting to know the book of Ephesians. And I don't want to let that scare you that we're going to get a significant amount of time in this because there's such incredible truths and depths that are in this book that we want to cover and we want to make sure that we are going through and really have have an understanding of. Um, the book of Ephesians is called really a keynote for the Christian. It is really the owner's manual for the Christian. Uh, some Bible scholars have called it the Alps of the New Testament or the Grand Canyon of Scripture or even the Royal Capstone. And really it's just giving a picture to the Christian of how life is supposed to look. All of the book of Ephesians can be divided into three distinct parts. And you're going to see that as the title of this sermon series, the three parts are sit, stand, or walk, and stand. And that's what we're going to be covering as we go through this. What does it mean to sit? What does it mean to walk? And what does it mean to stand? Let's pray as we get into this. Father, help us to hear from you. 
Give us an attitude. Give us a heart that is longing to know you, walking deeply with you, having a heart that seeks to know you in a deep and profound way. Help us to understand what it means to sit, what it means to walk, and then what it ultimately will mean to stand. Show us that truth as we get into this word. Lord, I want you to be our teacher. I want you to speak to us. Use me as your vessel to communicate your truth here today. May they be your words and not mine. And we want you to receive the glory because this is not about us. It's about you. We want to lift up the name of Jesus, knowing that you will draw all people to yourself. So Lord, help us now to draw near you. Help us to understand your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's look at this together. Sit, walk, stand. Again, three sections of the book of Ephesians that we are going to understand. Sitting, what is that about? It's about the believers position in Christ. Walking, what is that about? It's about how do we live our lives in this world and then ultimately standing. That's about our attitude as we face an enemy that is real and active in this world today. So the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians are all about sitting. The next about two and a half chapters are all about what it means to walk. And then the remaining half chapter is about what it's going to mean to stand. So today... We are going to have this introductory time to understanding how we're going to dive into this, and we're going to start with the first couple of things that we're going to learn in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1 here today. So let's talk about this. What does it mean? This is the spiritual truth of the Christian life. This is what it means to walk as a Christian in this world. This is what it's going to mean to draw near to the Lord, and it's going to be divided into those three things that I had mentioned. What does it mean to sit with Christ? Well, that is about understanding how do we sit and how do we experience God? How do we walk through this world? How do we stand as the enemy attacks us in this world? So let's start with learning to sit. Do you know that the Christian life does not begin with doing, it begins with being, it begins with sitting. You're not a human doing, you are a human being. God has created you first to understand what it means to sit. It's kind of like for a little baby who is born, the first thing that they're going to learn to do uh, is after they've rolled over, things like that, they're going to learn to sit. How's, how do they sit? They cannot stand before they've actually sat. They cannot walk until they have learned what it means to sit. So here's what the book of Ephesians says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. And he raised us up. Now, who is the he that is being talked about here? It says he, that is the father. The father raised us, that's you and I, up with Jesus and seated us with Jesus in the heavenly places in Messiah, Yeshua. Now, you're going to notice these words because I'm reading from the Tree of Life version. You're going to notice some Hebrew words that are used. One of those is going to be Yeshua. We're going to talk in a couple of weeks about what the meaning of the name Yeshua is. That is his Hebrew name. That is the name of Jesus. That's his actual name. We have used the name Jesus, but his actual name is Yeshua. We're going to get into that and understand what that means. Let's go back to sitting. What does it mean to sit? Well, God has raised us up and seated us with Jesus. That's the first concept he's going to want us to learn, and we're going to spend a significant amount of time in the 
the first three chapters learning how to sit. Now, again, Christianity is not about a doing, it's about something that has already been done. Jesus did all of the work and he wants us to sit and receive the work that he has done. The most ignorant mistake that Christians make in life is they start walking before they learn to really sit. Now, what does it mean to sit? It means to rest in him. When you walk or when you stand, you are bearing your weight and you're expending energy as you move around. God first wants you to learn to sit. Now, I have a chair up here, and the example of the chair is going to be this first three chapters that we're going to cover. It's going to mean, what does it mean for us just to learn to sit? What does it mean for us to learn just to rest, to do nothing? How many of you have a hard time with doing nothing? You can't do nothing. You've always got to be doing something. And so if you have it in your mind, okay, I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to rest. I'm going to watch a TV show. I'm going to rest and watch a TV show. Most of you will find something that you can do while you're watching the TV show. So you'll find laundry that you need to fold. You'll find something you need to clean in the room because you can't sit still. God wants us just to sit. You know, when I think of the idea of sitting, I think of the idea of walking, the first thought, I was thinking about praying about, the first thought that came to my mind was every time I have been with my wife shopping. Now, guys, you can probably relate to this. I learned this early in our marriage, and that is there's some incredible thing that happens when men enter into a mall. I don't know what it is, but the gravity is different in a mall than it is in the rest of the world. Have you noticed this, guys? When you get into the mall, I don't know why, but the gravity, it's like the, the effects of gravity are two times or three times greater in the mall than they are everywhere else. I could be doing anything else. Plenty of energy, but as soon as I walk in the mall, my legs are so heavy that I cannot make it. And so I learned early on, I will go with Jennifer, and she'll be shopping in a store, and she'll be at a clothes rack, and all of a sudden, I've only been there for five minutes, but all of a sudden on the clothes rack, I'm leaning, and I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, I can't do this. I cannot, there's no way I can survive a full day of being in this mall shopping with her and then the moment comes where she has the clothes and she wants to try on the clothes and I'm holding her bag and I'm holding other bags and I'm following her around as an obedient husband and I'm walking with her and then it's like the moment of glory where the heavens open and the light shines down and you hear the hallelujah chorus playing and you see by the, by the dressing room mirrors, you see a chair and it's open. And then you see another guy eyeing the chair at the same time. And so Christian love is out the window. I am making it for that chair. I don't care if you're, you've got a broken leg. I don't care. The chair is open. And so you come and you sit in the chair. Oh, it feels so good. It feels good just to rest. And at that moment of rest, it's like this is the most glorious thing, the most wonderful invention that has ever happened. It is the chair, and it's learning how do you sit. And this is the same concept Paul says. You have to first learn to sit and be quiet and rest 
and receive before you're ready to do anything else in the Christian life. We need to spend significant amount of time just sitting and resting, not doing, not being, just sitting and resting and receiving what God wants to communicate to us. Now, for some, again, that's a hard concept because you don't like to sit. You don't like to do nothing. But it's a time in life that we have to have in order to grow the way God wants us to grow. In fact, we have to do what 1 Peter 5, 7 in this time of sitting says. And that's where we learn to cast all of your worries on him. For he cares for you. So I've got to sit and I've got to rest and I've got to cast my cares, and I've got to quit doing and putting everything else aside and just receiving what God has for us. You know, the interesting thing about God's order of creation, many of you have heard this before, but did you know in God's order of creation that he created for six days, and then on the seventh day God rested, and the last thing God created was humanity, and our first day of existence, Adam and Eve's first day of existence was God's day of rest. Their first day with God was a day of rest. And there's no coincidence in that, that that's what he calls us to have and experience. It is, I don't want you to do, I just want you to rest, and I want you to know, and I want you to experience what I have for you, and then we can move on from there. Can you sit and rest? Can you sit and receive what God has? Maybe you need to sit and learn. Maybe he's going to show you some things about who you are. Maybe it's some things about your identity in him. Maybe it's some love that he needs to pour out to you. Maybe it's some healing he wants you to receive. Maybe it's a time of abundance that he wants to give, a life that is promised. Maybe it is the fulfilling or the filling of the Holy Spirit that he wants you to do, and you've not had that because you're always doing and you need to sit and receive the Spirit of God in your life. Do you know that's exactly what happened to the disciples? In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing and mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They weren't out doing they were sitting, waiting on God, receiving from God. I think it's an art that we have lost. It's a step in the Christian life that most Christians have lost or completely ignored. We just need to sit and receive God. What do you have in store for us? The second thing in the book of Ephesians that we're going to cover is not just sitting. First three chapters, significant time receiving. But then we're going to learn what it means to walk. And in fact, God is going to challenge us to walk because we cannot sit forever. There's a point where we have learned and grown and understand our identity and understand forgiveness and understand God's love and grace and mercy. And now it's time, now it's time to move. Now it's time to walk. And God is going to use this moment to challenge us to walk in this world. In fact, in the book of uh, Ephesians, there are eight times that it's talked about as walking. Now again, we've got to make it clear, the Christian experience does not begin with walking. It happens after we have learned to sit. We start walking. It's the next stage. It's the practical outgrowth. Well, things that God is going to say to us about this is this. Number one, we're going to be challenged to walk worthy of our calling. 
You've been called as a Christian. Now walk worthy of that calling. Don't be a bad representative. Be a good representative for him. You are called to walk worthy of him. You're going to be called and challenged to walk different from the world. You can't be the same as the world. We're going to be challenged to walk in love as Christ loved us. We are going to be challenged to walk as children of light, pleasing to the Lord. Now, the secret is to learn to rest in him. And once you've rested, now you're ready to walk with him. If you don't rest, if you don't receive, now you're not ready to walk the way that he wants you to walk. Once we've covered that, once we've learned what it means to walk, we're going to figure out what it means to be commanded to stand. After we have sat, after we've started walking now, he's going to say, you have a real enemy. He's an active enemy. He's an enemy that is coming after you with full force. You need to learn what it means to stand in him. Here's what the book of Ephesians is going to tell us at the very end. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you are able to do what? Stand. What are you standing against? You're standing against the schemes of the devil. This is going to be the key word. We are advised to clothe ourselves ready for battle that we can stand against the schemes of the enemy. If you are a brand new Christian and you've not learned to sit, you've not learned to walk, now you're never going to be ready to stand. We don't stand first. We sit first. And then we learn to walk and then we learn to stand against what the enemy does. And there's all kinds of things in this life about what that's going to look like and what that's going to mean. Attacks that are going to blindside you, attacks that are going to try to knock you down, attacks that the enemy is going to get you so busy that you never have time to sit and rest in him. And we are going to look at all of that. So that's this series, Sit and Walk and Stand. So let's start from the very beginning with this introduction with the idea of what it means to really sit in him. I'm going to cover two verses. And in these two verses, we are going to get some things that we are going to sit in and we are going to rest in. And I'm going to encourage you today to just sit and receive from the Lord and rest in him. These two concepts, because they're mind blowing when you really think about what God wants to show you. Don't worry about doing, don't worrying about being, about performing, about if you're just perfect enough. I just want you to receive what God has in store for you today. Let's look at this verse together, starting in chapter 1, verse 1. Paul says it this way. It says of Paul, again, reading from the Tree of Life version, which is my favorite version, my personal favorite one. Uh, a lot of Hebrew concepts that bring the Bible to life for me. And let me explain this. It says, Paul, an emissary of Messiah Yeshua. Again, we're going to cover Yeshua in a couple of weeks by God's will. So Paul is this emissary. Now, what is an emissary in the Greek word? It is the word hagios, and it means it means apostle. The word apostle is somebody who is who is. Um, 
sent out for a specific purpose. There were reasons people could be apostles of Jesus. There were criteria. If you think of the word apostle, we're going to look at a capital A apostle and a lowercase a apostle. Capital A apostle, they don't exist anymore. It was only those at the time of Jesus of which Paul was one. The lowercase apostle, that can still exist. We'll talk about that when we get into chapter 4. Paul was an apostle, a a capital A. There were requirements to be an apostle. Number one, they had to have seen Jesus. Number two, they had to be an eyewitness of the resurrection of Jesus. And number three, they have to have been personally called by Jesus. That can't possibly exist anymore. It did exist for Paul because of the road to Damascus experience. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He was after the Christians. He thought that they were an anti-God cult or sect moving away from God. And he had in his personal mission that he was going to, out of his service for God and love for God, he was going to destroy the Christians. God met him on a road. And the road was the road to Damascus, and the road was leading toward him persecuting other people. God intervened in his life and radically changed him. He appeared to Paul, he blinded Paul, he called Paul to serve him. At that moment, Paul's life radically changed. He was different from that moment on. His life before, his life was after that, completely different. He became a full-blown apostle of Jesus. And it wasn't by his own choosing, it was by God's will. God has a calling on every one of us. Your calling is to do what he's called you to do in the location he's called you to do it. Whatever you're doing today is the calling of God. You can have an impact in your community. You can have an impact in your family. You can have an impact in your job situation. You are called, like Paul was called, to work for his glory and his benefit. Now, the apostles, they would proclaim the word of God. They would preach the word of God. But the apostles... Apostles' words, as they were called by Jesus himself, they were those of authority. You have to take seriously. He calls for obedience to those words because these are the words of authority of God. Paul's words in Ephesians are an authority type of word that we have to pay attention to and take seriously. So that's the first part of this. Paul, he's an apostle. He's of Jesus. It's by God's will. And God's design goes on to say this. He's writing, he says, to the Kedoshim in Ephesus. I want you to notice this word, Kedoshim. You may have never heard a word like that before. It's because it's a Hebrew word. It comes out of the root word, Kadosh. The word Kadosh means this. It means holy. He says this, to the Kedoshim, to the holy ones, to the You could put the word saints. To the saints, to the holy ones in Ephesus, what makes you qualified to be a holy one, a saint? That you've trusted in Jesus. If you have trusted in Jesus, you are a Kedoshim. You are a holy one. You are a saint. This is the first thing that I want you to sit and receive. Sitting and receiving is this. God makes me holy. So just sit and just reflect for a moment. 
God makes me holy. I know people. I don't know everybody's personal story, but I know people in general. I have ministered to, counseled with, talked to, just had friends with people. And as a result of knowing people, I know that the majority of people, if not all people, are wounded. For some of you, maybe for many in this room, you feel beat up by the world. Maybe you've been told you're not good enough. Maybe you've been told you're garbage. Maybe you feel unlovable. Maybe today, as you sit here, you feel worthless. Maybe today, as you look back on your life, you have a lot of shame that you carry, a lot of regret that you carry. Maybe today, you feel purposeless. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel discontent. Maybe today, you feel hopeless. Now, I don't want to ask for a show of hands, but I just know people, and I know that the majority of people, if not all people, at some point in their life have felt those things. I'm not good enough. I'll never measure up. If they really knew the real me, not the fake me that I put forth to everybody, if they knew the real me, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. You have carried around that feeling of being rejectable, being unlovable, being worthless, being hopeless for all of your life or most of your life anyway. And that's a real struggle. And that's one of the areas of weakness that Satan targets That he will come to you and he will remind you of that failure and that mistake and that sin and that thing that you did, that thing that you said, and he will remind you and he'll beat you up with it. And the first thing God wants us to know is, wait a second, that's not who you are anymore. Because now you are one of the Kedoshim. If you've trusted in Jesus, you are now set apart, holy, a saint, a kedoshim, and he sees you differently. One of the things that we have to sit and receive as we get into this series is I have to put aside all of my garbage thinking and just receive from God that I'm not that anymore. I have been forgiven. I have been set free. I'm a saint, and I'm going to challenge you today to start seeing yourself through God's eyes rather than how you've always seen yourself in the past. Block out the words of the enemy. Block out the words of the world. Block out what friends and family have said and just receive from God and sit in that moment. You have made me holy. You may not feel it, It may be a real stretch to think of it that way, but that's how God sees you. You're, though we don't live in Ephesus, you're the intended audience for this message at such a time as this. God makes me holy. I I can't make myself holy, by the way. I can't clean myself up. I can't do the work. It's not about me. It's about him. He has accomplished this in me. So first thing I want you to receive is that God makes me holy. Here's the second thing. To the Kedoshim in Ephesus or in Gillette today, those 
who are kedoshim are the ones who've trusted in Jesus. You can't clean yourself up. Here's what he's asking you to do. Will you put your trust in him? You do that, you become one of the holy ones. You become a saint. For you who have become a saint, he says this, grace and shalom to you. From God our Father and from Lord Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. That's what those words are. So what is that? God the Father and Jesus wants to give me grace and shalom. That's the second truth that I want you to hear today and I want you to sit in and I want you to receive that not only does God make me holy, but he wants to give me his grace and he wants to give me his peace. What is the grace of God? Well, we've heard this before. That grace is the unmerited favor of God, but it's so much more than that. Grace can be covered as God's common grace. It is the goodness he has given to all of humanity, whether people receive it or not. Grace is not just the common grace, it's the prevenient grace. Grace that reaches out to you before you reach out to God. Do you know that God started calling you before you called on God? He was there knocking on your door, wanting you to answer the door before you actually even knew you needed him. That's the prevenient grace of God. He's reaching out to you. The blessing of God, he's reaching out to you. Grace is the love of God. It is the kindness of God. It is the, it is the blessing of God. It is the empowerment of God, and that's all that he has. It's like this gigantic gift that as you're sitting there resting in him, he wants to put this massive gift into your lap and say, this is all for you. We're nearing Christmas. We're nearing, nearing the time where we're going to start shopping for Christmas. Some of you crazy people who've already got it done, I admire you. Uh, that's not my style. It's, it's not the way that it works in my life. But we're going to be receiving gifts, and gifts is a freely given thing to you. You can't give anything in return. You just have to receive what God has for you. And I've shared it many times before, some of us, when we receive a gift, we instantly feel guilty because we think in our minds, but I didn't get you anything, and you quickly rush out and get something for that person because there's an obligation. It's not the way it is with God. We sit and we receive the gift that he has, and the gift is the gift of grace. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. We're not good enough. He gives us his grace, but he doesn't stop there. He also gives us this thing called shalom. Now, it's, it's identified as peace in most translations, but shalom, as we have talked about, is so much more than peace. Shalom is completeness. It, it, shalom is wholeness. Shalom is this concept of, of, uh, of everything God has in store for us. Everything that, that we are seeking, God has given to us. That is the shalom of God. So when we're going to sit and receive, what are we going to receive? Well, we're going to receive the fact that God has made me holy. I don't feel it. I don't deserve it. It's hard to understand, but God has made me holy. And then we receive the shalom. He's made me complete. You know, most people look for something to complete them. You guys remember Jerry Maguire, that movie? 
and this Tom Cruise movie that he was in, and uh, Tom Cruise is kind of weird in his own spiritual beliefs, but that movie kind of carries true for most people, and the movie is with this concept and this idea that uh, you complete me. So looking for looking for a girl in his life, and he says to this girl, you complete me. Do you know? That does not happen. Women do not complete you guys, and guys definitely do not complete you, ladies. You've got to be complete in and of yourself, and the completeness comes from God. That's what the idea of shalom is. That God has made you complete, now you're in a position where you can actually have a relationship with someone else. And that's what happens. So God wants us to receive from him today holiness. He's made you holy. It's not about you. God has forgiven you. See yourself through his eyes. God has given you grace today. God has given you shalom. Just sit this week and rest and receive what God has in store for you. I'm excited to go through this series because I believe God is going to do a work of healing. He's going to do a work of teaching. He is going to do a work of, of helping us to understand our identities. He's going to do a work of helping us to receive what he has in store. And then he is going to teach us how we live out this life. As you go through this with, us, with me, with us, I hope that God does that kind of work in you today. Would you pray with me as we close? And we're going to close today with a benediction. I'm going to have you stand, and it's going to be a video benediction uh, called the Aaronic uh, Benediction, which are the Aaronic blessing out of, uh, out of the Old Testament with the person of Aaron. So let's pray, and then let's stand together. Father God, as we leave this place and we start looking forward to what it means to sit and rest with you, I pray, Father, that we would quit doing and quit being, and quit constantly have to be moving and performing, and we would just sit and rest and receive what you have in store for us. Lord, it's a hard concept for many people just to sit and do nothing and receive from you. We're so trained and conditioned to be doers rather than to be sitters. And so, Lord, help us today to sit and receive what you have in store. Lord, as we leave this place, Encourage our hearts. Help us and be with us. Lord, I pray for, uh, as we leave, I pray for our, our community. I pray for our state. I pray for our country that you would intervene and that you would do what is necessary. And I pray, Father, that hearts across this nation would turn to you, that they would turn and be healed by you, that they would turn and want to glorify you because life is about you. You are the creator. You're the author. You're the perfecter. Lord, next week as we talk about this incredible relationship we can have with our Father, this incredible love that the Father has for us, help us to be ready and, and prepared to receive what you want to bring our way. Thank you for this day. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. And that is my prayer for you this week, that God will be with you, that he will grant you his peace, that he will walk beside you, before you, behind you, and above you to help you every step of the way. Go in his peace, and I hope to see you back next week. God bless you. Thank you so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com 
and hit the give icon in the bottom right hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys, and thanks for listening to this message.